Hello folks, it's your favorite show host here, Adam Boyer, just wanting to let you know that in the first part of this episode, we covered the first three points of what Republicans should and should not do when campaigning, and the beginning of this episode and the episode as a whole will make a lot more sense if you go back and watch that one first. It's highly recommended that you do. Watch part one before you move on to part two. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Republicans shouldn't only spend money in swing or liberal areas. And this is the classic scenario of a Republican spending money, a Republican running for governor, only spending money in Nova or Northern Virginia, called Nova around here. What do you think? I think we saw, so we'll use the the 2021 um, gubernatorial primaries, Republican primaries, as another shining example for this, if you will. I hesitate to make it sound like a good thing. (laughs) Um, But so... I would add not only not spending money in swing or liberal or moderate areas, but using swing or liberal or moderate tactics, which we have mentioned before. Um, One of those being obviously we'll we'll use so we'll we'll use without naming him to so we don't risk offending anyone who may have supported him. Um, Well, one of the one of the one of the Republican candidates, excuse me, candidates who was seeking the Republican nomination for governor in 2021 began his campaign um, complaining, not uh, championing, if you will, the idea of, I don't even know what you call it. Just, he was very pro public education. Like, Hey, our public education system needs support. Our public education system, and, needs this, money. and he was not stipulating with reform or something. Right, it was right. just support at right. all costs. And le- I've got news for you, Virginia and America. The public education system is broken. Okay, in America, the public education system is broken, critically broken. And we saw the stupidest thing about that was in twenty twenty one through twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. We had seen the most glaring examples of that critical race theory in schools, perversion and, you know, uh, pornography available to children in school libraries under the guise of sex education, which when really it was just, you know, exposing them to unnatural and perverted um, concepts. ideas, concepts. And all that candidate would say, could say about that was, hey, let's support our public school system. Let's make sure that we have staff at our public schools. Let's make sure we have the tax money for our public schools. There was never a word for the first several months of his campaign. First of all, there was not a word about other issues. Okay, There was not a word about any other issues important to the people of, the, of, the, of Virginia. But it, it all began with this, so let's, let's not reform our broken school system. As Adam said, let's not work to change it for the better, let's not work to change it to where it's educating children to prepare them for the real world instead of brainwashing them into destructive liberal ideologies all across the board. It was just let's support them as they destroy the minds of children. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until, again, kind of in the Cuccinelli scenario, except this was much worse, it wasn't yeah. until late in the campaign when he realized that, hey, as Adam mentioned before, the phantom suburban moms who everyone, every you know, statewide candidate in Virginia uses as an excuse to campaign on a moderate platform because they're scared of a true conservative platform. 
as he he finally realized too late that you know the suburban moms were not all the people he had to please. There's regular people in Virginia, you know, who we don't you know don't have a problem with a properly run school system. That's fine, but also care about things like life, like gun rights, like the even basic personal liberties that are being taken away from us today. And he spent his money and time in Northern Virginia, and but worse than that, brought brought that money and time and ideology that he was exhibiting in Northern Virginia to conservative parts of Virginia, Southwest Virginia, Southwest Virginia, you know, this area, coal country. And it just really didn't resonate with people. I remember I was at one committee meeting for a low, you know, one of our local counties here, rural County. Um, you know, everybody at that committee meeting is in blue jeans or camo, right? Pete Snyder, edit that again. This candidate walks in with you know his campaign staff, you know he'll have he'll have a couple of you know, um, volu- I don't know what you call them volunteers, uh, just you know assistants with him, and on his table he you know you know a lot of times candidates will have you know pens or hats or whatever. On his table, this man has a dispenser of hand sanitizer and masks. This was I you know about that, and at a you know at a rural. County committee meeting where everybody, everyone is, you know, packing heat, not wearing masks. Okay, so that just really turned stuff like that turned people off to the, that candidate. The practices of you know Nova politics, we call it here, just the same old weak sauce, um, moderate moderate campaign tactics that get no one excited anymore. And for that reason, what should have been a very winnable race for this candidate with the resources he had, he lost in the primary. Because of those campaign tactics and because of where he placed the importance of the campaign. And I will say Governor Youngkin, now Governor Youngkin, when he was running back then after he won the primary and defeated that candidate, he went on. And as as highly critical as I've been of Youngkin, he ran a very, very good campaign. Because Virginia is a hard, hard state to win for Republicans. But he did it. And one of the ways he did it was he got incredibly high voter turnout in the southwestern parts of Virginia, in coal country, in the deep rural parts of Virginia. And he did that. He would take his big old tour bus around, and he would go to these rural communities no one even knew about if you were more than 30 minutes from there. You never even heard of them. And people around there were saying in news articles and stuff, even when the the local news would interview him, they'd say something like, you know, no one ever comes around here. It's such as a ride to see the guys running for governor coming around here. And and he, he got something. It was like, I remember in a couple of the counties, he got 94% of the registered Republicans vote. That's insanely high. That's more than you yeah. will see for like yes. a presidential election. And you can do that, obviously, in statewide. Nationally, that's not so much the case because mm-hmm. if you win Nebraska, there's no need to keep – you're going – Republicans going to win – I'll use the better example. Republicans going to win South Dakota. Nebraska, South Dakota. Some people would say they're the same thing. But, but they're going to win that. There's no need to keep, spend your time keep campaign there. Because once you got the electoral votes, it doesn't matter if you win the electoral votes by 5,000 or 50,000. You've got the electoral votes. Mm-hmm. In a, uh, a gubernatorial race where it's just all the votes count, spend your time in those conservative areas. Don't try to convince the people up in Nova that are never going to vote for you to vote for you. Yes, you have to spend some time everywhere. But go in Virginia, the southwestern rural, rural parts where you're going, you're going to get the votes if you can just inspire them to count and vote for you. Do that. And that will boost your vote. And that's how he won by about, I think, an 80,000 vote margin over Terry McAuliffe, who was running at this point for his second term. Okay, we got to move along as we're going over time here. Okay, number three. No, number three should. 
do as much in-person campaigning as possible. I'm going to keep this quick and I'll let you say something like one minute about it as well. Basically, Republicans, uh, historically, and this is more of a local thing, but if more important than money is spending your time campaigning, especially when it comes into local races. Once you start to get to state Senate, it gets to be a little bit harder. But when you have House of Delegates or anything smaller, stay away. If you have the money, great. Slick mail, um, radio, even TV if you can afford it, which most local candidates can't. But if you can, great. But more importantly than that, connect face-to-face in person with your voters. And I don't mean speeches. I mean going door-to-door, having conversations, showing up at committee meetings where there might be 50 people and talking to them and convincing all of them to vote for you. Um, I will add to that. I think, you know, for me as someone – more involved than your average person in local grassroots politics, but yeah, to some extent, I'm still you know, I understand where you're coming from with that. Um, but I'll tell you this: voters enjoy seeing a face. So you know, you get a piece of mail for a candidate. Let's say you know uh, we'll use our senator Mark Peak, who has been very good about yes. visiting localities, yes, going door to door. If you get a mail for a piece of mail for Senator Mark Peak. You go to your local committee meeting the next evening, and you see a you know young twenty-something uh, assistant of Senator Peak there to speak to you. That doesn't really excite anyone. I know because I have been <laughs> yes the young twenty-something <laughs> that's in there to you know rub elbows and uh, make a good impression for this candidate. When the candidate walks in, when the face that's on your mailer, when the face that's on your TV, exactly. if it's a big-time candidate walks into the room you're like oh wow this guy you know wants to see me this guy wants to talk to me my support as an average as a normal person is important to him so you know aspiring candidates from you know even for a small office go to the locality you want to represent knock on doors go to committee meetings go to any sort of political events they have meet the voters it makes that you know it really gives a sense of hey i want to work for you your support is important to me. So always, always, always engage in your locality. And I will say it takes work too. Republican committee meetings are rough to get through. You're often sitting there for two hours and not doing much, not voting on much. And if you're voting on anything, it's it's to approve the minutes. But, but, but in all seriousness, though, when you take the time to do that, and you might have, especially in some of the rural areas, you might have 25 people at a good committee meeting. Campbell, we're thankful, is very involved. We have more than that. But you might have that. But if you're there, you're probably going to convince all 25 people to vote for you. And this is especially important if you're in a primary. Because, yes, mm-hmm. those people are probably going to vote for you anyway if you're in a general. But especially in a primary, but as a whole as well. Okay, number three, we're almost done here. Number three, should not, Republicans, when campaigning in elections, should not shy away from the transgender issues, especially when it comes to books and parental involvement in schools. And before I, I'll just say something real quick, then I'll let you go. Give it three or four minutes. Um, Glenn Youngkin, this is what got him elected. And almost not as, maybe not even as much as him campaigning on it, which he was very smart to, but Terry McAuliffe's line, his inf- now infamous line, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Youngkin campaign was very, very smart to snatch on that. They used that until election day. They were running that, that commercial. And that was very smart. McAuliffe was on his heels backtracking. He couldn't backtrack fast enough. And he ended up losing. That's what one one young man. Because remember, this was the year when all the Loudoun County stuff was coming out and going on. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Daily Wire breaking that story, yep. <clears throat> and so that was a huge issue. Um. So here's the thing. And now, now Democrats like to spin this in you know a very provocative sort of way. Um. And even you know a lot of establishment Republicans to as well who 
kind of, you know, would rather sweep the issue under the rug. Um, you know, a lot with the Democrats, you'll hear them, you know, you'll hear the lines, they'll keep Republican, keep the government out of my private life, keep the government out of my personal decisions. Republican government, I have news for you, Republican, um, re, you know, Republican elected officials, Republican, the Republican populace, uh, you know, of which I am a member, does not, we don't want inside your bedrooms, okay? That's, I'm, we don't. <laughs> um, but here's that. the problem. It's not, it, it's just the way it's forced, the way it's, you know, uh, but, you know, so... But you see it, you see it shoved down our throats, like all the time. Um, you see, you know, you can't walk into your local food line, your local Walmart. You can't buy a case of Dr Pepper or a bag of Oreos without saying something for like, "Hey, Gay Pride, Gay Pride Month, Gay History Month." That's what bothers people. That's because you know, two percent of the population identifies as lgbtq by the way you want they want you to think it's you know the majority or a large minority it's not um but the issue is much less like hey this small faction of people is living in you know an unnatural and perverted way from a christian standpoint or just you know a bizarre way from a not religious standpoint um it's that's not so much the problem the problem is that it's propagated and it's shoved down our throats at every turn and that gets even worse when it comes to like you said the loudon county um, the Loudoun situation. County fiasco where, you know, thankfully parents, you know, began coming to these school board meetings and the reading the books, you know, these, these, you know, gay pride, LGBTQ trans pride books that were being read to the kids, you know, very they, graphic, um, extreme, like horrendously horrifyingly disgusting stuff. That's what we're upset. That's what Republicans are upset about. That's what most normal people, let me rephrase, are upset about. These these parents who were who came to these meetings, they were not like like unlike you know the leftists would do. They were not planted there. They were not you know they, they were not paid to be there. This was a grassroots movement by parents who you know stumbled across what their kids on you know what their kids were sent home with in their back in their backpacks and were horrified by and disgusted by and rightfully so this was a, it was a grassroots movement of parents who came together and they were like this is unacceptable and the majority of the population feels that way and we've seen it now you know i think what one of the biggest you know things one of the biggest benefits of this that we've seen rise from this heap of disgustingness um, is that parents have you know, now have an eagle eye on a lot in a lot of areas on what their school is teaching. You know, if there's one questionable book in the school library, parents descend on it like that and it's out. And I think that's what you know, one of the biggest things is that, you know, it's not about your personal life choices. It's about we don't want it forced on us. No one wants it forced down their throats and definitely not forced down their children's throats. And keep in mind too, this is this was in Loudoun County too, which is not a Republican area. I mean I cannot stress you like Republican. Imagine, basically, I'm not going to say California quite. Imagine New York, but much smaller, Loudoun County. And Loudoun County, I say much smaller, is one of the biggest counties in the state by population by far. But that's what it is. And if you don't know the story of all went on, I would just search Loudoun County with a stipulation. Search Loudoun County Daily Wire. If you don't do that, you're going to get a ton of 
bills from ABC, NBC, CNN, right. which are giving you a bunch of leftist propaganda. Search Loudoun County, Daily Wire. You'll be able to find out the story. Okay, we got to wrap this up. Uh, last one for should. Number four, Republicans should outline actual plans instead of generic feel-good statements. And going ahead with that, I'll go ahead and say shouldn't. Republicans should outline actual plans instead of generic feel-good statements when campaigning. And number four, shouldn't have weak defensive non-attack ads. And those two go together. Uh, just go ahead. I'll give you the four first. So I think with actual plans, here's something that I have been very proud of our local House of Delegates candidates for. We have two main conservative uh, House of Delegates candidates in you know Eric Zare, who's been on the show before, and Tim Griffin, who is you know in the Bedford County area. They have said stuff like, "Hey, here are bills we want to pass. Or here's here are bills we want to introduce. You know, our first session, our first day in office." Bills like constitutional carry, bills like heartbeat bills, uh, tax cuts, stuff like that. Not just okay. You see, not not just you know the classic Republican TV ad that you will see for like you know for those of y'all who have been in it a long time, like an an Ed Gillespie type. Um, My yeah. opponent, he wants to raise taxes. He wants to tax the middle class. Dun 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 dun. I want to lower taxes for the middle class. And no one's inspired by it. Right. They, you know, they say stuff like, hey, I like jobs. I want you to be employed. You know, well, that, that's good. You know, you know, obviously economic growth and economic freedom is great. But they say it's easy to say generic stuff like that. Hey, I support law enforcement. Especially hey. because no Democrat is actually campaigning. We're going to keep the working class unemployed. No right. Democrats campaign. No Democrat is going to be honest enough with you to say, hey, we want the working class to, you know, shrink. Um, but Instead of that, you know, let's Republicans, let's have specific things from, you know, your local office, from your board of supervisors, school board to your bigger offices, your House of Delegates, your state Senate. Here's what I want to do. Here's a bill for what I'm going to do. You know, it's it's fine to talk about the issues. It's fine to say, hey, I am pro, you know, I am pro economic growth and freedom. I am pro law enforcement. I'm pro Second Amendment rights. I'm pro basic individual freedoms. That's great. But have a plan. Have what you want to do. You don't have to have your full term figured out, but have some stuff you want to start with. Have some bills you want to talk about. You know, think about what your bill is going to be like. How you're gonna how you're gonna introduce that. Just have have a good idea of here's something that I believe is important to my constituents, and here's how I'm going to get it done as soon as I get elected. And if you can, if if you can t- devote the time, and even if you want to get the sort of wording up that you see in bills. If you can, take an example bill, write it out, and put it on your website for everyone to see. That'd be awesome. And then when you're campaigning, say, I want to, for instance, we used the example of Eric Zare. Love that guy. He's been an excellent delegate for us. Looking forward to him winning in a week. But he has said he's going to introduce a life from conception bill, no exceptions whatsoever. No other candidate in the entire Virginia General Assembly has gone anywhere near that far, to my knowledge. And if he, now I don't think he has this, but he's been very specific about what he wants to do. What would be great is something like, if you're in that sort of scenario, type up a bill if you have the time. Now, that's hard to do. You don't necessarily right. have the time. But if you can, type it up, put it on your website and say, this is what I want to do. Go look at my website at whatever your website is. A, you're driving people to your website, maybe getting donations. That's a good strategy. But B, you're actually serious. You have a bill you're ready to introduce, and voters care about that. <clears throat> and that's kind of the should, as far as the shouldn't, weak defensive non-attack ads. I just saw one, I saw one a couple times recently, 
kind of made my blood boil a little bit. It was a Republican. You couldn't tell it was a Republican from a Democrat. Basically, right. I she it was a lady running in one of the delegate districts. Uh, talking it started off with the classic, you know, dark, um, the classic dark low voice. My opponent, he wants to or she wants abortion with no exceptions up until the moment of birth. And then, you know, you have your happy music. And I, whoever the candidate was, I don't even remember. But I, Republicans in Virginia, that's what she said. It spoke for everyone. Virginia Republicans support a reasonable 15-week ban with exceptions for, for rape, incest, and life of the mother. And then they attack the Democrat for being too extreme. That is ex literally Michael Knowles' point. Offering an echo, not a choice. No. I am pro-life in all scenarios. And you can even say it. If you want to be completely candid in the commercial, you can. You're going to take up airtime, but if you can get it out in 30 seconds, we may not get this passed, but I'm going to try my hardest to make sure we get a life and conception bill passed. Go for it. It's time to get radical because the classic Republican strategies in the past are not working. Especially Virginia Republicans are so bad at this. Maybe we're starting to see a shift in that. I'm excited. This has been my cousin, Luke Boyer, who I've been talking to. Luke, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, been an excellent episode and we're going to be making some shorts as well to release on youtube as well thank you folks for watching don't forget to like the video share it with someone you know to help uh boost this show get in front of more people help with your organic growth and don't forget to subscribe as well or follow if you're listening to this on an audio platform thanks for watching folks this has been fight and revive with adam boyer see y'all later it didn't run out of space yes now i found out the mic stopped working halfway through